This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Gelsman gets there. Another good kick from him and here's Harden now. Hutton going past one man, finding Wagstaff, Wagstaff turning well, setting up Chilton. Welcome back to the To Hull and Back podcast with me, Joel, and there's Nathaniel and Will today as well. How are you both doing? Perfectly fine. Thank you for asking. Right. um, First of all, like we do every podcast, we've got to speak about the sponsors and the partners. Thank them for for sponsoring us, really. Um, So if you don't know Hull City Retro Art, they are a company that recreates Hull City shirts of the past and sells them at an affordable price because a lot of people do love the authentic shirts that we've got but can't afford to part waves with a ridiculous amount of money. So if you check them out on Twitter, you can maybe become a member and you can have a look at what they're doing. And we've got some of our own. We love them. We think they're good quality. So it's worth having a look if you're you're looking at some older shirts but you don't want to spend a few hundred pounds trying to get them. Our other sponsor is Charlie Spaulding Filmmaker. Charlie is an extremely talented videographer, try try and get the right word there, videographer, there we go, Um, who boasts an impressive resume, he's worked with Adidas, he's worked in the motorsports industry, so if you like an event of your own filming, then get in touch with Charlie. Now, you've probably seen us post a lot about our main partner, FanHub, this is an app that's changing the game for the fans, so... Basically, what you can do is you can boost, boost your fan rating by correctly predicting the starting lineup from each Hull City game, checking into the grounds on match day and viewing the fan feed, which includes a lot of content, including our podcast. By boosting this fan rating, you're in with a chance of winning two free tickets to any Hull City game at home or some fan hub merch. So if you download the app on the App Store and keep an eye out on our socials for golden ticket codes, if you want to skip the queue and access immediately. And last but not least, we encourage support to the whole badge man. You know the old tradition of standing outside the ground selling badges. 
Um, they're really struggling at the moment because of the COVID pandemic. So they're looking for a bit of support before they lose their online store. So please, if you can, buy some badges from them and show some support. So we're going to get straight into the Reading game. Um, it was a 1-1 draw. Uh, we, we played well, I think, from the start. Um, held on in the end. What are your thoughts, Nathaniel? What do you think of the game? Uh, well, I predicted a you know fairly predictable one-one uh, draw away at Reading, and there you know we drew one-one away at Reading. I mean, it was it's fine, you know. I'll happily take a point away from home in the Championship. Um, were you gonna butt in there, Will? I didn't. Didn't all three of us predict a one-all draw? We may well have. We may well have. I, don't, I thought I, you I didn't did. predict anything. I don't think. I think no, sorry, yeah, me, me, Joel and Anne, I think we all picked a one-all draw, but it yeah, probably I should mean, have been a one-all draw. Possibly. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, Wilkes had some chances, but then I looked at the penalty shout, and especially that last one, uh, Dishon Bernard's handball, we got a bit lucky there, but um, and lucky with our goal, you could argue as well. Keeper should have done a whole lot better. Um, but yeah. Fine, I would have taken a point before the game and based on how we played, happy with a point after. Um, that's 13 points from 15 uh, and, you know, I think that keeps the momentum going quite nicely. So the penalty appeals, let's talk about those. So the first one uh, from memory was John Swift running into the penalty area and Bernard kind of ran across him and took him down. What did you think, Will? Did you think it was more of a blatant dive or did you think that maybe it should have been a penalty because Bernard's just gone straight through him? Um, at the time, I thought, nah, it's not a penalty. And every time I watch the replay, I'm a bit like, oh, I've seen him given. I've seen him given. Yeah. And to be honest, all three of their penalty shouts could have very easily been penalties. I'm yeah. not surprised yeah. that the ref got a lot of stick from the Reading fans because we might have got away with one on that front. Yeah, with the uh, with a handball from an Andy Carroll header, Bernard's hand was, I'd say, about 30 centimetres away from when Andy Carroll made contact with the ball. So I think, personally, that Bernard couldn't have done anything about it. Yeah, he but it's, it's, a body. Body. it's like he's, he's putting, it, because of he's the putting his hand up. Isn't he to ask a question almost? It's like he's you know going for a slam dunk. It's that high, so yeah, you know that's an unnatural. There's no there. I'd have given it. His, his hand was already there before the ball came in. Really, he was like kind of jumping up, and then Carroll's headed the ball. It's gone towards his hand. If it had gone the other way, that, way, penalty, yeah. that might be a biased view. Yeah, I was going to say if it had been the other way, you'd have been asking for a penalty. I'd been livid. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, we've got to do that. Yeah. Uh, every penalty appeal, we've got to go for. So yeah, the Reading yeah. fans are right to be uh, right to be angry. But like I say, I, personally, I think it, the, a lot of them were fifty-fifty. A lot of the uh, penalty shouts. Um, speaking of the referee, then um, was there anything like on our our part where you thought, well, that's a bit dodgy on our side? So what do you think of the offside goals? Did you think Wilkes's should have been given? Because McGuinness didn't head the ball down towards Wilkes, it was the defender. So, do you think McGuinness has influenced the defender there for him to head the ball towards Wilkes, or do you think that he's he's not really played a part in it? McGuinness like, is definitely interfering with play. Them's the rules. So, uh, I mean, Wilkes was onside. 
And then the second goal, I think, was definitely offside. Honeyman was uh, well off. but um, Yeah, Honeyman was off there, yeah. I, I mean, I thought maybe it looked like it came off McGuinness anyway. But, um, yeah, I think he's he's right next to him. So I think that probably would be interfering with play. It's a shame, though, because, uh, you know, although we've got finish. this goal later, yeah, it was exactly. It was actually a good goal rather than the second one that he got, which... Uh, at, you know, 25 yard strike outside the box uh, that went in the top corner eventually. Sounds great, but um, after the keeper sort of palms it up into the top corner, not so much. Yeah, what did you think of Tom Holmes' goal for Reading? Well, I, I think it was a brilliant goal, really, for a centre half. Impressive. I'm fairly sure it's a centre half. Yeah. Our, defense, our defense was very all over the place for that goal. They didn't clear it when they should have done, but it's a cracking little goal. I'm just yeah. glad it wasn't Andy Carroll scoring because that's what like all the apps said uh, when the goal went in. Or, and I think uh, James Fletcher, the commentator, said two or three different names before we got to the right person who scored it. But just glad it wasn't Andy Carroll scoring an overhead kick because we'd never live that down. Yeah, it'd, it'd, have, uh, it'd have been something that have been seen for years to come from Reading fans, I think, every time we play them. Hmm. Um, so in terms of our man of the match... Who would you, Will, say was our best player yesterday? Plus hell. Um Not actually sure. Uh, Do you want to think about it if Nathaniel's got one in yeah, mind? Yeah, I think I'll have to think about it. Yeah. Well, well, I'd have to think about it for a serious answer, but I could say the referee. Um, not the linesman, um, of course, but maybe the referee. Um I mean, Bernard sounded like he had a good game, except the the one mistake that should have been punished. Um, so I'll go Bernard. Um, Big D. I'll probably say because I like just saying him every single game. Jacob Greaves. Mm. I thought he yeah, had a good game do. as well. <laughs> yeah, he's getting he's getting better and better every game. Uh, I think this system suits him more than the four three three ever has. Yeah. It's given him a chance to bomb forward and he's always got McLaughlin or whoever else plays in that central part of the back three protecting him if he does end up wandering too far out. Um personally for me, I think Richie Smallwood was our best player. Um once again, he's done it for the past five games now. He's been a rock in midfield and I can see why McCann's still starting him over Huddleston. Because he's just he's intercepting balls out of the trying to put through. Um, he's tackling. He's, he's even progressing the ball as well. Whenever he's got it, he's giving it to Doherty or he's giving it to Honeyman to push up the pitch. And then any time Greaves or Bernard push up, he's dropping back into that defence as cover. So he's doing everything a defensive midfielder in this system should be doing. And he did that again yesterday. So for me, I think Richie Smallwood. Mm. Now, um, I, think, um, I think KLP also had a good game as well. Um, yeah. Given that he, he constantly had that full back pressure the full game, and I was I was the version I was watching had the Reading commentary, the version of the game I was watching, and they just kept fucking going on about him as if he's the greatest <laughs> player ever, which is a good sign that he's yeah. having a good time with the opponents. I like in the look of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he seems to be. Coming into his own now, um, I think he struggled towards the start of the season like the rest of the squad did, but he's now starting to have a little bit more confidence, he's taking players on, he's, I think to be fair, left wing back suited him better than left wing has done this season anyway. Yeah, he has. Um, he's, he's been, weirdly, like considering he's been an attacker all, all his career from youth level up to where he is now, 
putting him in sort of some sort of kind of a defensive role is doing him wonders. It's making him a better player. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. So in terms of players for improvement, it's, it's obvious mm. we're all going to say. It's tradition um, now, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like I say it every, every week. week at this point. <laughs> it's just a broken record. Shall we play the clip, the clip from last week's episode? <laughs> It'd be tempting because yeah. yeah. he's... Well, he scored though, right? So he scored two in four. Uh, we are talking about Wilkes, right? Uh, just yeah, to clarify. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's too early to say that it's becoming a trend, but maybe if he gets one against whoever we play after Bristol City, then maybe maybe we could start to say, well, although he's you know missing chances and he's not playing that well, he is actually getting the goals. You know, you, I, I don't think yeah. we can be too bad to him, even though he missed chances. He scored, right? We would have lost otherwise. Yeah. So that was a lucky goal in essence, though. Oh, absolutely, it was. That's the thing. He did score, so you can't really critique him to it's a in point. Red hot form. But his performance was shocking. Yeah. And yeah, he scored. He scored a goal that never should have gone in. Mm. But he missed some golden chances that he should have been scoring, regardless. He did. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Anyway, right. like, see, he's unlucky that the volley was offside. Because mm. that was a fucking great finish. Yeah. I think Tyler yeah. Smith's unlucky that Wilkes scored because, I mean, uh, even though Wilkes is playing badly, if he does score, then Tyler Smith's not going to get played, even though he should, you know, deserve to based on the performance as well. Yeah, with him scoring, mm. he's now not droppable for the Bristol City yeah. he's got He's got stacks. He's scored. He's one of those mm. players, as we've said before, that he can have 89 minutes where he's doing nothing, but then he can pop up with a moment of, of magic and score. I, so, would, I wouldn't say that was a moment of magic. I mean, when I looked at the highlights again, I thought, um, it was a mad, you know, he should not be shooting magic. from there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose. Yeah. Um, Caught the keeper uh, off, off guards there. Was it on yeah, his right well, foot as well, which is his weaker foot? No, it was I think, I think it was left. left. He didn't have a right foot. He'll never use his right foot. That's why no. I was like even more amazed by it at the time. I thought it was on his weaker foot, even worse. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. was a terrible piece of goalkeeping. It really was. It was straight at him. Like if he doesn't, if the keeper doesn't move, it'll hit his shin and he'll save it. But because he tries to get down and catch it, uh, it goes completely wrong. It, it was really bad. But we'll take it. You know, those goals are even more oh, satisfying. Yeah. I think when you don't really deserve it. So, mm. what what do you think was missing then from us to be able to get the three points? Because Reading did have a lot of the game where goal. they were putting us under a lot of pressure. So, what? Well, let's not. Um, yeah, I know I'm we need another goal, but in terms of how we played, do you reckon there was something we could have improved on? Was there any of their plays we should have maybe been a little bit tighter on? Our possession, we we, did, we didn't retain it well enough. Um, whenever. When Reading started pressuring us, we didn't try and keep hold of the ball when we got it. We just kept getting it downfield and giving it back to them. Mm-hmm. It's just like what you don't want to be doing at the time because it just gives them more, more and more pressure to put on you. And to be fair, the defence did so well in that second half because it was pretty much all Reading. Mm. I think that's sort of a trend that's happened the last three games now. Yeah. I mean, against it didn't happen against Birmingham because we had you know. Uh, an extra man and we're two goals up but um we've been you know uh like it's been a one goal either way for the last 
three games now. And um, Millwall and Cardiff and Reading, I think the last, especially the last half an hour, maybe 20 minutes, we've been hanging on a bit. So, I mean, you know, that's good for the defence that they've been able to withstand that pressure, not concede a, a late goal in any of those games. But it is a bit worrying that maybe if, especially as we've only started doing well when we scored the first goal, that maybe even, you know, late in a game, we're not really likely to score because we can't get the ball, keep it uh, keep it well enough. So Matthew at Elm Park Rails podcast has given us an opposition view of how they thought the game. So we'll play that now and then um, give, give it a listen. Yeah, so yesterday, Saturday, um, was quite an interesting game. I thought that in the first half, Hull looked really impressive, actually. Um, the 5-3-2 was causing problems down one side, um, in particular the left-hand side. Um, Lewis Potter kind of started there, switched a couple of times, um, popped up almost everywhere. Um, and although you didn't create too many chances, there were some dangerous set pieces that we just didn't deal with particularly well. Um, coming to the end of the half, obviously, we convert one ourselves. Um which, on the balance of play, probably a little bit unfair, but I thought that John Swift should have scored earlier on as well. He was he intercepted a pass and ran through clean on goal. Those are the situations where I think he almost has too much time and, and he doesn't quite know how to pick his spot. Um, he, he almost deals better when, when it's a split-second thing. Um, so second half, I thought that you guys got a fairly lucky goal in the sense that the keeper should save it. Um, he's been one of our better players this season. So that this is the sort of time when you need the rest of the side to step up and, and uh, bail him out rather than the other way around for a change. Um, but you seemed pretty content to then sit in and, and defend that lead um, without trying to sound too salty about it I, I do think that uh, there were a couple of penalty shouts that look fairly decent um obviously the one in the first half on carol um we win a corner from that anyway and, and score so it's not not too relevant as grant mccann said um second one john swift on the edge of the box that, that, that looked like a penalty to me i'm not entirely sure um if he was or just on the line or or outside the box um at the time i thought it was a pen and then um i think the the last one which is a handball um it, it's a it feels a bit harsh because they're so close but you can't have your hand up in that position um without giving away a penalty in my eyes and um yeah, I think I think we're we're a little bit hard done by, but equally I thought Hull defended very well. Reading did not create much in that second uh, second half. Sorry, um, the chances that we did have, uh, Andy Carroll probably should have done better with one. Um, well, he had one in the first half where he just completely air kicked. Um, he had a couple in the second half where I thought he should have done better to get over the ball. Um, instead, blasted them way over and. Yeah, we just didn't really have that that cutting edge, which uh, we never seem to when a team sits in against us. So in that regard, it, you guys played very well. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed not to get the win based on um, the fact that I thought 
we had better chances. Um, yes, you looked bright in the first half, but you didn't create too much. Um, your goal is obviously an error on Reading's part, so that's a bit disappointing as well. Um, but not coming away with it, massively unhappy. So thank you to Matthew for sending a video across on on his, his thoughts of the Reading game. Now we'll move on to the Bristol City game. Um, Bristol City are managed by former Tigers boss Nigel Pearson. Now, what did you guys think of Pearson's time at the club when he was here? Needed. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm, I'm so young. You remember? Child. Um, <laughs> I think, I know people understandably look back on it like, oh, it was boring. And it, to be fair, a lot of it was quite boring. Um, it was something City needed at the time, having just come down from the Prem and we're in a bit of financial... Well, financial, well, we were in the shit. Um, and it was just as the Alums were about to buy us. He was someone who steadied the ship. And I think without him, essentially without him coming in, Bruce wouldn't have been as successful, I think, in the long run. Simply put. Yeah, some of the signings he made that went on to be very successful for us. Some of them got us to the FA Cup final, some of his signings as well. Mm. So it's a, I think in terms of... The football was bad, but in terms of what what he brought into the club, what he, what he did for the club, ended up being a good thing. And it brought us our most successful period through them foundations that he laid before Bruce took over. Hmm. So, Bristol City are 17th in the league at the moment. They're four points above us in the league. And in the last five games, they've won two, drew one and lost two. With the wins coming against Derby and Stoke at home, the draw being Blackbird at home, and then both losses coming away at Sheffield United and Coventry. So from them five games, should we be beating them? Because they've lost both away games they've played. So in terms of when they come away from Ashton Gate, should we be taking advantage of that? Do you, do you see us getting back to winning ways? I, I personally think we do. So I'll, I'll see what, what you guys think. I think because of where they are on the table and where we are on the table, it's definitely a game that Grant will want to be looking at getting all three points from. Someone nearby to us. They're the games that we need to be winning if we want to obviously stay up. Um, yeah. I do think it'll be... They're, they're very mixed bag, Bristol, but like I said, because it's Pearson, know they're going to be a, a bit of a... Maybe a little tougher to break down than what a few teams we've played this season are. So it could be a tricky game. Um I would be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be unhappy with a draw, but obviously, I would want to see us win against a team like them. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, yeah, they've won a few games at home, but away from home, they've not won uh, in a little while. I think they won at Peterborough, who um, are, you know fairly rubbish at the moment. So, I think this is definitely a game that uh, not that we'll definitely win, but we really should be picking up um, at least a point. Um, don't want to, because there's already four points between us and, and Bristol City and then the rest of the other clubs that are like all on 27 points or something. So we don't want to lose and kind of have that gap open up. So we're kind of lodged in between the rest of the teams and then kind of the relegation battle below us. So, um, yeah, we've beaten Birmingham Millwall at home recently, who are better teams in Bristol. Um, so I think definitely this is a game that we could get three points from. 
but a draw would be fine, but uh, don't really want to lose that kind of winning feeling that we've had recently. So I think we could get three points. Yeah, if, if we do get them three points, I think it does put us only a few points behind seventh, eighth and ninth in the league. Mm -hmm. I, I could be wrong. It just shows that if we can win, we then go on to the game against Nottingham Forest, thinking, well, we can jump up a few places here. And yeah. that kind of confidence, momentum that we could get from this will be brilliant for the play for the players. And they'll, they'll all be kind of going into games thinking, we can beat these, we can push up the league. And then, as McCann says, as the players have been saying, take things game by game and don't think about don't think about future games and we should start creeping up the table a bit but it all depends on if we can keep this mentality going because one loss we could end up slipping back into the mm -hmm. into the ways we were before McCann might That's end up being scared and putting himself back in a 4-3-3 three, three. Um, <laughs> well if he does that we won't see him much longer in the job anyway but yeah. um, we need to kind of go, in, go into games with this confidence that we can beat anybody because if we're going to these games thinking we're not going to win them then Definitely we'll just back down into the relegation exactly yeah so. that's one thing actually thinking about it saturday could be going on about he might not be in a job any much longer it could be the first game with the new owners in if mm. all goes as has been said yeah I think yeah. it might just be after the Bristol City one, possibly. I do as well, but it, it, if it all goes as has been predicted, it might happen this week. Yeah, it might. Yeah, but it, might Cooper, it might happen on the, like the Sunday afterwards or something. Baz Cooper's been saying on Twitter a lot that it's more days than it is weeks, mm. so exactly. it could it could happen tomorrow. Forty days. I, we we yes. could re we could release this after the announcement. Mm -hmm. so I'm fully expecting that. that. Well, I mean, on one hand, that would be yeah. bad for us well, as a podcast, but also we'd want that to happen. We just want to get it done, and then because uh, I'm contemplating going to the game, but if there's not the, um, I'm not going to travel all the way if it's not the first game. But uh, hopefully, I'll be there for. Hope, I mean, it should be at least Boxing Day um, at the K. Uh, sorry, MKM. That um, is the first game with the new owners. Um, so. I mean, it's exciting times, but I think we have reason to be excited, you know, and uh, confident that it will be an entertaining game for us, at least, um, even without the new owners, because uh, it'll be good to keep this momentum going and uh, keep scoring some goals and, you know, uh, not have a miserable podcast on the, uh, you know, <laughs> few days after. So. I've been miserable for, for a while, actually, has it? It's been, mm. uh, been pretty deep. Well, I say a while, I think we've one or two episodes since we've we won games, yeah, but that's true. hopefully that can carry on being a positive podcast because it's a we nice change. back into the ways of letting every player. Yeah, mm. it's something that we've not seen since the League One season, <laughs> apart from the Preston game. We've not, we've not had a positive podcast, really. It'll be even more positive once the alarms have gone. Oh, yeah. Negativity will be frowned upon. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest, I've run out of things to say. Oh, we can talk about the new um, about that Turkish rumor of that player, the first Turkish player we've been linked to. I haven't got a clue who he is really, or how to say his name. That is superb stuff, there, Nathaniel. Emirhan Adyogan. That'll do. From Bursaspor. 
24-year-old midfielder. I mean, absolutely no idea whether this is, you know, going to happen. But it's uh, promising that, you know, finally getting the Turkish-related rumours. Um, although, I'm I mean... surprised it's not this largely. Well, actually, me too, because, I mean, in the group chats and all that, it's like, oh, we're going to sign Cenk Tosin, we're going to sign Mesut Ozil, you know, all these really famous players. But, I mean, I, I hope we don't all get our hopes up too much, because although it'll be... I don't think we're going to be spending millions and millions. No, and, I don't think. Uh, I mean, and Turkey. Uh, I thought I think we could probably get a few decent players from the, you know, main division. But the Turkish league is fairly, you know, strong. It's not like we're going to be able to sign, you know, players playing for Fenerbahce or something because there are European sides, you know, in the European competitions. So, um, we might be able to get a few over, but uh, signing players from well, foreign country probably is quite expensive as well, and uh, so, it might be relying on loans as well, perhaps. So, what you're saying, if I is we can only get Mesut Ozil and no one else. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'd take that. I'd take that. Although, I mean, who, who'd we drop for Mesut Ozil? Can't drop Honeyman. Wilkes. Yeah, but uh, play Ozil up front. Yeah, that could work. That could work. Mm. That'll do. I don't know if it works. Make it happen. Make it happen. more lazy than Wilkes. Well, actually, the, th the thing is, like, if even if he's creating chances for McGuinness or, or Wilkes or whoever it's going to be, Erzul can't shoot. He can only pass, right? So um, it wouldn't I help. I can't believe we're actually on about this in a serious manner. I'm not. I'm not talking about it in a serious manner. I don't think we're going to sign Mesut Erzul, but um, we'll just have to make do with Cenk Tosin, I think. Yeah. I get Barat Yilmaz instead. Mm, he's, he's, he's ancient. He's ancient. He's only 36. Only 36? Yeah, Ronaldo smashing it in the Premier League at that age. Mm. I suppose Yomaz that's, that's just, right. Yomaz is just about on par with him in terms of ability. Mm. Oh, this, this is a throwback. <laughs> I remember when I first came on the podcast, all we did was talk about unrealistic players that we could sign. So, you know, this is a nice throwback. Well, should we go on to re realistic players we could possibly sign? Because there's been a rumour about Dwight Gale of Newcastle being allowed yes. to leave the club either on loan or See, I thought you were gonna I thought we were talking about realistic players we're gonna sign. I think Gale Gale is a relatively realistic yeah, one to be fair. Quite Gale's probably on more wages than you know the rest uh, the rest I think of the team. I think mine. that's a possibility. Um, uh, that's what I think on, on loan, do do we think Hilly Carly will have the ambition to do that? Yes. We need a striker. But then Gale. there'll be a lot of a lot of clubs will be queuing up to get That's it. Exactly. Like That's the only issue. Hope but the thing is hopefully in maybe a year or two, if we're uh, become more established and do sign a few players and um, then maybe that sort of deal in a few years with new owners will be impossible because the last two or three years, something like that's just been completely, you know. Uh, impossible so hopefully that's the sort of thing we can look forward to but I don't think so just yet I think we are still in a relegation battle and I don't think Dwight Gale is going to want to come here that's fair all depends on how December goes if we keep yeah. this run going in December we we could find ourselves 10th if we keep winning games and keep yeah even, even drawing games as well we could find ourselves 10th and looking up and thinking a few signings we could actually sneak into that playoff to push it because yeah. there's no one in this league apart from Fulham and Bournemouth that stands out as yeah they're going to go up mm. it's just going to the, the top the top well the top four, I'm not going to say the four 
shall I say, in the um, top six, that fight for the playoffs. And any team down from well, from third down to 15th, 16th, 17th, Has could a have got a run and get up there. Ask yeah, Village I mean, a few years ago when they were... We're going to run, aren't we? Mm. Yeah, exactly. So we could we can push ourselves up. It's, it's ambitious. We've not been this positive about it in a while. But, um, mm. yeah, I think it is a, dare to believe. a possibility. Or is it so, dare to dream? One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving back to the Bristol City game, what do we think the score's going to be? Um, personally, I think we're going to beat them 2-1 with a late winner. Um, so I'll start off with Nathaniel because he's nodding along there. He looks like he's got an idea of what he thinks. So we'll move on to yeah. first. I think we can get the three points from this. Um, I mean, Chris Martin's probably almost 100% going to score, perhaps, but maybe it'll be ruled out. So I'm going to go 2-0 to City. And um, I mean, you haven't asked for uh, goal scorers, but let's go. Let's go. Uh, our favourite player, Wilkes, to score. And then Longman to, to seal the deal yeah, later on. Gotta be Longman. Mm. Gotta be... I haven't mentioned him all episode. That's yeah. good going for me. I'll get him into every single while, aren't we? What about you, Will? Um, I'm going to go with 1 0, and I'm going to say my favourite player, Jacob Greaves, to finally get his goal. As wow. I say, Josh, every single week. That's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. I say it every I'm week, sorry. and it still hasn't happened. No. Maybe if you don't say it, One day. Then, then it'll happen. One day. <laughs> one day, yeah. <laughs> Not one day soon, I don't think. <laughs> what about you, Joel? I, I said two, one. I, um, oh, yes. But in indeed. terms of goal scorers, I think Tyler Smith's going to get one off the bench. And I get the feeling Deshaun Bernard maybe a header. Ooh, yeah. Big dish. We'd like that. Big D goal, yes. He's, he's, not, he's not scored for us yet, has he, so... No. Well, see, I think, though, with the way we're playing, it's more likely Greaves or Bernard's going to score like a really great long-range effort yeah, we, rather than from a set before, piece. Yeah, because the way they bomb forward, it's it's really it's fantastic. good. Mm. I thought one was... Uh, at the Reading game, I thought Bernard was going to score one because he made a charge of running and unleashed a shot, but I think it ended up, like, just towards the corner flag more than any, <laughs> anything. So, yeah. one day, they're going to get that on target and... Hopefully, it's going to be a lot, a lot more spectacular than the Wilkes goal. <laughs> yeah. And um, do we keep the same lineup then? I yeah. mean, there's an obvious change with make, but you can, at the same time, can you justify it because he scored? I'd pick the same thing. Yeah, it's got to be the same team. I, I, I can't think of any like. What, I know, not like, dropping Wilkes. I'm shocked. I thought you were definitely going to say that. I mean, so, I we say it every would. week. Come on. I, I personally would, but he did score. I know he was he's still mm. scoring, you can't really go against Wouldn't that. Wouldn't help his confidence, would it? Exactly. I, I, mm. I don't think I mean I would like to see Tyler Smith play, but it'll be the same team. Yeah, it will be. Can't I change saw. a drawing team, can you? No. <laughs> Never heard that saying before. But um, I think that just about wraps up the podcast. I think it's a little bit of a shorter one than usual, but it's my first time hosting, so I'm a little bit new to it. Hopefully, as I do it a bit, a little bit more, I'll be able to make these a bit longer for you, um, get a few more questions in there, and maybe even have a, a guest, maybe have a guest on hosting 
with a guest. So thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.